welcome to 2021, the year in which we try to release more than one episode every 12 months. On this episode of Nuketown Radioactive, I talk about my life during the COVID-19 pandemic, delve into using exercise and meditation to stay calm, and then geek out with the Nintendo Switch, Animal Crossing's New Horizons, Roll for the Galaxy, and more. Welcome to Nuketown Radioactive. I'm your host, Ken Newquist. The last podcast was in May 2020. It's currently January 2021. A lot's changed since then, and a lot hasn't. Like many, I'm working from home. My daily commute is still just a matter of getting up, getting a shower, and making myself go up to my home office slash game room. I have to say, we're kind of into the, the long, dark tea time of the soul here, winter in Pennsylvania, and I am very much missing hanging out on the back patio during the summer days when I could just bring my laptop down, put up the big umbrella, and basically do all my meetings outside. It's uh, It has not been that way for quite some time as the cold weather has set in, and I am forced to retreat to the third floor. As was the case for, I think, just about everybody in 2021. Now, let's just go ahead and say everybody. Uh, my family's plans got blown up by the pandemic. Uh, my son and I were originally supposed to go on this epic 12-day, 60-mile backpacking trip to Philmont Scout Ranch in New Mexico. That was supposed to happen in late June, early July of 2020. Unfortunately, Philmont closed and we were not able to go on our trip, which actually was all for the best since we hadn't been able to really prepare for it by you know, doing little things like backpacking in the summer. The trip, thankfully, is still happening. Well, hopefully is still happening. Well... It might happen. Well, we have a date. <laughs> it's going to be in July of 2021. My son and I are preparing uh, for this trip as though it were actually going to happen. So there's going to be lots of training, lots of backpacking trips through the spring. And uh, we're certainly uh, kind of like sort of like, I don't know. Here's the thing, right? Like it got canceled last year in May. It's currently January and you go into it knowing, well, it could get canceled again. So you don't want to get too excited, but at the same time, uh, you, you can't not prepare, right? Like you can't say, well, yeah, it's not really going to happen. This is, this is not the sort of trip that one just kind of like packs up your bags and heads off to Philmont for 12 days worth of intense backpacking. Uh, as we might have said in Lord of the Rings, one does not simply walk into Philmont, right? You, you really need to be ready for it. And on the plus side, we are way more ready for it than we were last year. So last year in January of 2020, we had started exercising, right? Like running three times a week and walking every day, uh, doing strength training, what have you. And um, we had started to acquire gear. But hey, we had six months uh, and a couple of backpacking trips before we were going to head out to Philmont. So we had some time. And then the pandemic hits and suddenly... Well, everybody else had this great idea to go outside and go backpacking and, and spend time out of their homes in the great outdoors. So it suddenly became much harder to get equipment, uh, not to mention the fact that the pandemic, of course, played havoc with the supply chain as, as people got sick, as things got delayed, as there were more priority shipments. I mean, obviously, there's way th things way more important than my backpacking here that needed to be sent uh, in the early days of the pandemic. So... We didn't really have as much time to prepare as we wanted to, and so we really just didn't even get out on the trail until sometime in well, 
gosh, I think our first real backpacking trip was in July of 2020. So all in all, the delay gave us a year to get stronger. It gave my son uh, another year to get older and stronger as well. And it gave us the chance to kind of slowly build up all of the, the lovely and awesome and fun backpacking gear that we're going to take with us to Philmont. So in any case, we are preparing as though it were going to happen. And, uh, you know, if I release more than one podcast this year, you'll get updates on how we're doing. So obviously it's January. Summer is long over, but my summer reading list continues because I, I'm just not as, as good, perhaps not quite as motivated or I don't know. There's probably all manner of, of reasons why I haven't actually successfully completed my summer reading list during the summer for like three years running. But the summer li- summer reading list lingers. I'm currently finishing up The Black Lung Captain, uh, Tales from the Kitty J Book 2. It's about a band of misfit sky pirates dealing with political and demonic powers they don't understand. It is a fun kind of pulpy read in the vein of uh, kind of like Crimson Skies, if, if you remember that um that video game and uh, collectible miniatures game from a while back. Um, it's, a, it's a good read. It's just uh, I'm listening to it as an audiobook, and I don't walk to work anymore. So I used to have, you know, 30 to 60 minutes a day when I would be listening to books as I was going to and from the day job. And that's just that's not the case anymore. And I haven't been walking as much as I used to in the morning. So it, it really made getting through audiobooks a lot more challenging. Anyway, the reading list is almost done. I think I'll be done with it at the end of this month. And um, while I haven't finished the list, I did certainly write about it. In fact, I wrote about it way more than I have pretty much any other summary reading list in the 13 to 14 years that I've been doing this. So I included links in the show notes to the various off-the-bookshelf columns that I wrote. Um, among There you can find uh, reviews of books like The Ancient Ones by David Brin, uh, the culture novel Extension, uh, Wise Man's Fear, um, The Last Empress, The Dreaming Stars, uh, The Boar Maker, The Unicorn Project, Bone Silence, Arcana of the Ancients. Just a lot of books. I think there were like a dozen odd books on my summer reading list. So if you're looking for your books for your summer reading list in 2021, I recommend checking it out. Twenty twenty was a stressful year. Twenty twenty one is shaping up to be more of the same, and my way of dealing with it was to to keep calm and focus on what I control. Thus, the the title of this particular podcast. What's my approach to staying calm? So, there's basically three things that I've been trying to do ever since the whole pandemic broke out in March of twenty twenty. First, be mindful, pay attention to the here and now, and don't get swept away by what ifs. There's an infinity of things that could go wrong, and Spending all your time worrying about them won't help. I'm not saying ignore it entirely, but at the same time, spending every day reading the news, following social media will only stress you out. Well, at least it will only stress me out. So that's why I try to avoid doing that. Staying focused. So I try to avoid getting caught in other people's drama. It's a difficult time. There's plenty of worry about with my own family unit. Um, borrowing trouble from folks beyond that unit is unhelpful and really just exhausting. I try not to lose sight of what's fun and enjoyable, even if that's just a quiet Sunday afternoon of podcasting. And another part of of staying focused is to maintain goals 
but to be flexible because here's the thing my experience during covid both at home and at work has been that from week to week everything changes i mean in the early days of the pandemic from day to day everything changed in that environment it's tempting to say huh, you know what i'm not going to think about tomorrow why make any plans they're just going to get blown up anyway and i certainly am sympathetic to that but at the same time you want to accomplish something because otherwise you feel like you're just caught in this maelstrom, which is one of the reasons why I maintained my summer reading list. It gave me something that I could control, that I could work towards, that I could make progress as quickly or as slowly as I wanted to. And sure, yeah, it may have ended up taking a few months more than I might have hoped for to complete the summer reading list, but that's on me. I can control exactly when I want to get it done. And so the last thing I do to try and stay calm is to stay healthy. Making time for exercise, even if it's just short walks between meetings. This was a big deal as we transitioned into the pandemic because I was pretty active before then. I uh, had a, a daily commute to work where I was fortunate enough to be able to walk because of uh, how my college is set up. I would walk down to our downtown office and then periodically I'd have meetings on campus. And so I'd come up the big flight of stairs and make it to campus. And all in all, I was walking six, seven, eight miles a day, depending on what was happening. We hit the pandemic. I was walking like two miles a day. When your biggest commute is going up and down your staircase, you don't get a lot of walking in. And so I've tried to make an effort, particularly through the summer months. I've slacked off going into December because I kind of almost always slack off going into December, but I made a concerted effort to stay active, to stay fit, and to just try and have these opportunities to focus my mind on actually staying fit. All right, so that speaks to kind of general principles, Ken, but like, what about specifics? What are things that actually work for you? So a huge thing that has helped me is my bullet journal. It is the cornerstone of my keeping calm strategy. I've talked and I'm talking, <laughs> I've talked and written about it on Nuketown multiple times before. What is it? A bullet journal is a handwritten journal that I use to keep track of daily meetings and tasks, maintain a week ahead view, and kind of sketch out my months, like the things I anticipate happening over the next six months. I also use it to jot down notes about what happened during a given day, from challenges with the kids to um, a relative passing away to accomplishing exercise goals to what books I read to a comic book that I started. It's a real hodgepodge, but it helps get the ideas out of my head and onto paper. For the first six months of the pandemic, the distinguishing feature of each day was that it was the same as the day before and yet totally different as the virus forced us to continually shift plans. I have had just as much to do. Actually, I've scratched that. I've had way more to do than in the pre-COVID days. Every day was waking up and just wondering how things had changed. And yet the routine was exactly the same. You know, get up, eat, walk up to the, the game room and, and start working. Uh, because everything kept changing... I relied on my bullet journal to keep me organized and to keep me focused and to kind of give me an idea of, okay, this is what I actually need to accomplish today. Or here's what I thought I was going to accomplish today. How can I move things? Because now this new thing just exploded at work or these, these changes at home or what have you. Right. And so the bullet journal is just my way of being able to juggle all of these things. As I mentioned before, get them out of my head onto paper and let me actually figure out how to get my head around what it is I need to do in a given week. It really just helps me get tethered to reality and helps me from being overwhelmed. Another thing that really helped with this, and honestly, I wasn't quite expecting this, but it does, is my team's daily stand-up 
um, we have this cadence where we meet every morning for 15 minutes and we just talk about what we accomplished the day before, what we're looking to accomplish today, and do we have any blockers? This is just a, a very agile approach to work. And it's great. I mean, it's provided some much needed reflection and a pause point at the beginning of every day. I, I like being able to sit down with my coffee and kind of doing this routine and thinking about what I've accomplished and what I need to do next. And so it's, it's been very relaxing and I think very constructive. There's a ton more I could say about bullet journaling. Actually, there's a ton more that I have said about bullet journaling. You can uh, find out about it by visiting Nuketown. There's a link to it in the show notes. Another thing I do to stay calm is meditation. Now, meditation isn't often considered to be a geeky thing, despite the fact that many of our geeky heroes do it. I'm looking at you, Luke Skywalker and Yoda. My own focus is, as I said before, mindfulness, you know, being uh, aware of the here and now and getting, not getting caught up in circular thoughts or knee jerk reacting to people or situations, right? Like there's a ton that's happening and a ton that's coming at us and it's possible to just sit there and you're supposed to be focused on something else, but instead you just have all of these ideas that are running through your brain because you just can't stop worrying about that particular bone. Well, you know, meditation can help with that. It can make you more aware of when you're getting caught in those circular thoughts and, and say, okay, okay, I'm acknowledging I got it. Let's hit pause on that. Focus on what we need to do now. Uh, my tool of choice for this is the Calm app for iOS. I liked it enough to buy a subscription, which comes with uh, the Daily Calm, which is a daily 10-minute uh, meditations, relaxing music and soundscapes like uh, rain on leaves, um, guided meditations for beginner, intermediate, and advanced um, participants, users, whatever, uh, sleep stories to help you fall asleep or get back to sleep, which if you're like me during the pandemic has been a super struggle. I found that meditation helps. It really, it really helps a lot. And if I start feeling too stressed out, I meditate. And I'm glad that I started this before the pandemic, because I already had that practice and it's helped me tremendously as we've moved into it. And in fact, when I'm feeling particularly stressed out, I often realize, Hey, I haven't actually meditated in a while. So I need to figure out how to get that back into my day and not let my schedule get completely bulldozed by all of these emergencies that are continually happening. So my last bit of practical advice for staying calm during the pandemic is exercise, which I'm certainly not the only one who's been doing this. As you can see, the uh, the sale of home exercise equipment's been through the roof since the pandemic hit. Uh, for the last five to six years, exercise has been a critical aspect of stress management for me. And, uh, you know, as talked about on this podcast, the COVID-19 era is probably the most stressful time I've experienced. And I suspect that most of us have experienced. And so it's really even more important now. Uh, for me, exercise gives a break from my everyday worries. It lets me focus on a particular activity and gives me a good reason to avoid thinking about COVID-19 for a while. Ultimately, I treat it as a mindfulness exercise, right? So something I do specifically to maintain a routine, focus on my health and make progress towards goals that just like my summer reading list are within my control. So what's my approach? Well, I will say that this has been my idealized approach. I was able to maintain this for most of 2020 fell off the wagon in December, but I'm getting back into it in January. So I run about three times a week, usually one to three miles. Um, I flirted with training for a 10 K, but it didn't really agree with me. So I'm just back to my normal running routine. I walk, uh, two to three miles up to five times a week, usually in the morning, uh, listening to podcasts and books when I do this. Uh, this is a part that was really hard during the summer because getting out of bed was just something of a struggle, but 
ideally it helps and it helps a lot, particularly when I'm in full on uh, Philmont training mode. I am a huge cardio person. I would rather run and walk than lift weights any day. I had an exercise program before the pandemic and uh, that involved going to the gym and working out with a, a trainer at the college where I work. Unfortunately, that all blew up when the pandemic hit. And so I've transitioned to just doing more exercises at home, which includes uh, core strengthening exercises, um, body weight exercises, and a, and a variety of stretches. This is another one of those things that helps tremendously since I'm not moving as much. And because I'm spending so much time sitting in front of a computer, being able to, to get up and work on the core exercises, which is like, you know, your gut, <laughs> your abdomen, right? Like your glutes and what have you. Uh, look at me. I sound like I know what I'm talking about when it comes to exercises, right? But all of that helps with your posture. It helps kind of offset some of the just body strain of sitting on your butt all day. Um, I also like to mix in a little bit of bike riding. I was hoping to do more of that this summer than I actually did, but um, I got out a couple of times and hopefully in 2020, 2021, I'll get out even more. Um, during the day, I've been trying to build in 15 to 30 minutes between each meeting and then use that time to go for a walk. Uh, at the very least, I try and run downstairs to get water or a snack or what have you, instead of just popping over to the bathroom that's on the third floor, like make the effort to go downstairs, stretch my legs, move around a little bit. Right. Um, I also try and move my work area around. This is something that was a lot easier in the summer and it was easier in the summer because I had more kind of ways of doing it, right? I could go out onto the back patio. I could go out onto the front porch. I could work at the jelly cupboard that I can use as a, as a, a standing desk downstairs. Um, in the winter, it's tougher because my kids had first been uh, in hybrid mode for uh, their educations at the high school, which meant that they were online two days a week and then in person uh, two days a week. Now they've been completely remote for the last couple of weeks. And that means we're just kind of all on top of one another. So we all have to retreat to our respective rooms in order to be able to get any work done and to not interfere with each other's meetings. So I'm looking forward to the warmer months and being able to get back outside again. Overall, this strategy is working. I mean, I'm stressed but I feel a lot better. Uh, I lost about 20 pounds in 2020 using this routine and by and large was able to maintain that loss. I've gained a couple pounds over the course of December and the holidays and what have you, but I have no doubt that it'll come back off again as I get right back into the routine. So that's what I do to stay calm. I'd love to hear what you guys do, what your mindfulness practices are. Uh, you can let me know by emailing me at nuketown at gmail.com or stop by the site and leave a comment on the show notes. The title of this episode is Stay Calm and Geek On. So let's geek on. First up, we got Roll for the Galaxy. This is the dice-based version of the card game Race for the Galaxy. Like the card game, it's all about science fiction empire building. You explore the galaxy, colonize planets, establish various corporate and governmental interests, and hope to score enough points to beat your opponents. Uh, we got it for Christmas 2019, and Neutron and Lad and I loved it so much that we ended up getting two expansions. In fact, we got this nice, beefy, beefy expansion for uh, Christmas 2020. During the game, you get a certain number of dice, which represent workers. You roll the dice, which randomly determines which workers are available. And then you choose a work phase, which determines what actually gets done. It sounds kind of bureaucratic, uh, but it is a lot of fun. Um, it has these different tiles that represent the different um, planets and improvements that you're building, uh, much like the original card game. Neutron Lad and I have played this 
a huge amount of times. <laughs> we also have played it with my brother-in-law, who who also enjoys it. There's a tremendous amount of smack talking between Neutron Lad and myself as we're doing this. He almost always beats me. I don't I don't know if it's luck. I don't know if it's skill. I don't know that I'm just I'm just tired. <laughs> but he has consistently beat me at this game, and and that's okay because I wasn't necessarily looking to win. It's it's a fun every time we do it. Another uh, geeky thing that we acquired at the uh, early part of the pandemic is a Nintendo Switch. So just before things went to, into lockdown in March 2020, my daughter and I got Nintendo Switches. My son already had one. Um, we knew we were going to need the distraction, and we were right. And I got to say, it's a great handheld system. It's not as easy to stash as the Nintendo um, 3DS. I still love my 3DS, but it's got beautiful graphics and it's the sort of thing you can just kind of kick back and play on the sofa or what have you. I, in fact, I've only hooked it up to my television, I think once. I, I use it almost entirely as a mobile game. The first game that my daughter and I got for Animal Crossings is unsurprisingly, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, Animal Crossing New Horizons. This was my daughter's first video game. At age four, Four, she started playing this and now she's 17 and she still loves it and so does her brother and so do i each of us has our own towns which avoids the mayoral debates we had in the 3ds version and uh it's cool like it was fun to see how the kids animal crossing sensibilities have evolved over time star girl has this fun comfy little town with a homemade coffee shop and tree-lined streets uh neutron lad is just continually terraforming his entire town with a much more structured vision of how things should be. He's also obsessed with acquiring certain cat-like villagers like Bengal the Tiger or Raymond uh, the Cat. Um, my own town features a, a downtown and a small dense village with an adjacent outside diner and performance center. <laughs> it's largely wilderness, which is no doubt a projection of my own desire to get back outside. Heck, for the first couple months of the pandemic, I lived vicariously through Animal Crossings. You could actually go and talk to people in the game. You could walk wherever you wanted to without a mask. You know, it was uh, it was a very relaxing, very chill game that really just kind of moves at its own pace. You can do whatever the heck it is you want. Um, it got a little stressful when uh, I was hunting scorpions, trying to acquire a lot of bells to be able to improve my town. Scorpions are quite dangerous in the game. Well, in so much as they knock you out and then you find yourself unconscious and waking up inside your house. But in any case, <laughs> it was it was fun and exactly what we needed at the beginning of the pandemic. Since then, I've acquired a couple of other games, but I'm not going to talk about those now because I need topics for future podcasts. Yes, there will be future podcasts, I promise you. Now, admittedly, those podcasts may come out in 2022, but I am going to try and do better in 2021. If you want to help inspire me to release additional podcasts, send me feedback. You can email me at nuketown at gmail.com. You can reach out on Twitter at NuketownSF and also on Facebook at NuketownSF. I'm also looking for promos. If you have promos for your podcast, I'd love to have them. Again, you can send them to me at nuketown at gmail.com.